Okay, hi everybody. I'm David. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Hi, David. I like to open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, the 24 hour today, March 1st. Happy March. When I find myself thinking about taking a drink, I say to myself, don't reach out and take that problem back. You're giving it to You've given it to God and there's nothing you can do about it. So I forget about the drink. One of the most important parts of the AA program is to give our drinking problem to God honestly and fully and never to reach out and take the problem back to ourselves. If we let God have it and keep it for good and then cooperate with Him, we'll stay sober. Have I determined not to take the drinking problem back to myself? Take time for us to do that. Meditation. Constant effort is necessary if I am to grow spiritually and develop my spiritual life. I must keep the spiritual rules persistently, <coughs> preservingly, loving, patient, and hopefully. By keeping them Every amount of difficulty shall be laid low. Tough places of poverty of spirit shall be made smooth, and all who know me shall know that God is the Lord of my way. get close to the spirit of God and divine life and healing and strength. Prayer for today, I pray that God's spirit may be everything in my soul. I pray that God's spirit may grow within me. And that's what we're trying to do. <clears throat> Data reflections today. March 1st. Happy March. Title is it works. It works, it really does. When I got sober, I initially had faith only in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Desperation and fear kept me sober and maybe a caring and or tough sponsor help. Faith in the power higher power came much later. The faith came slowly at first after I began listening to others share at meetings about their experience, the experiences I had had never faced sober, but they had, but they, but that they were facing with strength from a higher power. Out of the assuring came hope that I too would and could get it, a higher power. In time, I learned that a higher power, a faith that works under all conditions, is possible. Today, this faith, plus the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to work the steps of the program, 
gives me serenity that I seek. It works, it really does. So the steps in this way of life, which is our path, will change our thoughts and ideas, our actions, our reactions, change us from negativity to positive, from takes away our guilt, shame, remorse, self-disapproval, self-loathing, and helps us turn into an attitude of gratitude for the blessings that are being bestowed upon us. <clears throat> it's our choice to follow the spiritual way of life or to go on to the bitter end. Bitter end doesn't sound bad. We're already there. And the spiritual way of life, I don't know nothing about that when I first got here or what it could do for me. So I wasn't, it was kind of like a tough choice. I may come in and get sober for 30 or 60 days even. Be doing pretty good. Feeling better, looking better, sounding better. But then I start getting lazy and bored and start slacking off. That's the big red flag. I start slacking off and half measuring it. Half measuring what I'm doing. And those are red flags. <clears throat> That's the uh, greatest recipe for relapse. is slacking off. And it's not hard to do because my disease centers in my mind, all our mind. We have alcoholic thinking. We have a mental obsession and a physical allergy to alcohol. We're allergic to it. And it's turning baffling powerful. Okay, what was that? It's futile, it's fatal, it's a thief, it's destructive, it's inhumane. And what the program says to me, when I finally start listening to what the book says to me, when I, when I read it, is that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And I argued that point with my sponsor. My first sponsor, God Rest and he says, well, how are you doing? They're not worth a shit. Yeah. He said, well, maybe what the book said was right. That kind of helped me start, oh, wait a minute, it didn't say that. So then I started listening to what the book says when I read it. A lot of us come in not very good readers. A lot of us came in, myself included, I couldn't remember what I was reading. I was just trying to enunciate the words. But I couldn't hear what it was saying. So that's why it's better to have book study groups, which we have, like this one. Uh, this is not an AA group or an NA group. This is a recovery group, because we talk about everything here. <clears throat> We've all got different mental obsessions and physical hours. And we have difficulties. Life is tough, there's no doubt. We have good times and bad times in life, experiences. They're not always good, they're not always bad. But with our thinking and what we've known, our lack of knowledge was our dilemma. I didn't know much about a spiritual way of life. I had no clue. 
I didn't even like the word principals. That's the guy that kicked, kicked me out of school. I don't want nothing to do with him. I remember I was in grammar school. I had to, got kicked out of school again. I had to bring mommy to the principal. He told her, I said, ma'am, this kid right here, he's either going to Penn State or the state pen. We're not sure yet. I thought that was, I was kind of told, I'm going to the joint <laughs> as a youngster. I didn't know. <clears throat> I tried to get to the state pen. God wasn't, didn't want that for me. I did a lot of jail time. I was doing life on the uh, educational variety, going to jails, every county in Northern California. So, and I've heard state time or prison time is better than jail time, and I believe it. So, I finally decided I didn't like, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of going to jail and court, homeless, watches, keyless, friendless, penniless, opinion less. I had no opinion. <laughs> when I came in this last time, thank God. I skidded in, talk about a bottom. I didn't even have an opinion. All I cared about was booze, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Maybe not in that order, didn't matter. All I wanted was what I wanted. That's all I cared about is myself. <clears throat> That's an empty place. No hope, no goals. No faith in anything, no trust. I mean, I come from the streets. And that's a survival of the fittest. And I did my fitting and survive. <laughs> because of the spiritual principles or the spiritual gifts God gave me to protect myself. Take care of myself and better myself and look good and be happy, force myself to be happy at your expense. I'm one of them guys that steal your dope and help you look for it. Really. And then give you shit for losing it. <laughs> it's just not a decent or comfortable way to live. It really, there's nothing to it, nothing good about it. My first sponsor had me write two lists with the pros and cons of drinking and eating. I had two long lists. He said they might overlap, and they did. That was way bad, thank God. Today I can't think of one good reason, not one, to drink or drug. Nothing. Has nothing good to give me. <coughs> My self-will which we all have that. We all have different opinions, different personalities that are derived from our experiences in life. And we can't help that. We've been taught things that are bunk by people who think they're right. And, and when they say we should do this and that, and we do it and we still get fucked up, they blame us. 
God. Delete the word blame. Man, that's a terrible, hard thing to do. Because I always wanted to blame. Just by my actions. And I finally got worn out. By the grace of God, as I understand, I was given the gift of sobriety. I was given the gift to see my part in my life where I've been at fault, the things I did that were wrong. And he steps up and see that. I didn't like that guy. No one right had no friend. <clears throat> but when I could see it and accept that, my defects and shortcomings, things I do too much of and things I don't do enough of, there's plenty of that. That's why I was in such a debacle. Like the serenity prayer. Grammy Serenity, except the things I cannot change and the courage of the things that change the things I can. I had that bad sacrament. I was trying to accept things I shouldn't and change things I couldn't. Hmm. That's messed up. I was always in a debacle. I never had any peace or serenity. <clears throat> I never was content. <laughs> what the hell is that? And, uh, But as I started working these steps, I got a sponsor. I follow what the big book suggests. Get a sponsor, get somebody to work with, somebody to read this book with you and explain what it means. It's done it before. And been through these steps and had a spiritual awakening. <clears throat> I had no clue what a spiritual awakening was. What that is, is I come to see life differently. What I used to think was important, today isn't. I used to want shinier, bigger, faster, uh, look good shit. Today that doesn't matter. Today I'm just clean and sober, and that's the most blessed gift I've been given. <coughs> can't buy that. Can't buy it or steal it. I tried. <laughs> and you can't just take it. <coughs> it's by the grace of God. And ABC's on page 60 says, Hey, we admit we're powerless over alcohol, and our lives have become unmanaged. I didn't want to do that. But having read up to page 60, I was convinced, yes, that's me. B, there's probably no human power can relieve my alcohol. And I would say, Well, I'm human, and the old timers would forget it. <laughs> you can't fix your sick mind with yours. So A and B are not good news, but it's the facts. I had to accept that. But C is the good news. <clears throat> C is that God couldn't, what if he were soft? And soft and soft. Page 59 says, there is one who has all power. All power. That's a lot of power. <clears throat> and uh, may you find him now. That's the one I chose as my higher power. I want to go right to the top. The guy with all power. <clears throat> because I want to ride out of the horse's mouth. Well, the guy <coughs> has all power. <coughs> and ours our creator. Created all life. The seas, the skies, the mountains. All life. <coughs> So, you've got to know what he's doing. 
And he has a purpose for all of us. We all have a purpose in life. And it varies. <clears throat> It'd be boring if we all agreed with each other. Uh, had no difficulty accepting what that guy thinks. He say, hey, you know what I think? Yeah, I agree with you. You're right. Wait a minute. <laughs> we got to talk about this or at least discuss. That takes way all discussion. We learn from what we hear and what we read and what we see. <clears throat> We've all seen people who are alcoholics and addicts or worse and way worse de debacles with their thoughts and ideas. They don't know any better. They, it's all they know. It's not even our fault we're alcoholics or addicts or whatever. But eventually, we get to see that what we're doing is not right. It's not, you can't be happy, joyous, and free, and content, and grateful if you have that self-will run right. Because Satan's involved in that. Somehow Satan got involved with my self-will. And he's a taker, he's a thief, he's a liar, a cheat, futile, fatal, <clears throat> inhumane, deadly, deadly. I can't mess around and not know how powerful that disease is. I hate it, but I respect it. And I believe God gave us free choice, self-will, free choice, to choose to believe in his will and try to direct our will towards his will. But I got to learn about what his is. I didn't know that. <clears throat> but as the process goes on, I, and I follow this path day in, day out, I start seeing more what God's will is. And I believe God's will is for me to get to know him better, know his will and his way of life, which is definitely to strive to progress in my ability to apply the spiritual principles in all my affairs. Not some of them, all my affairs. At all times, no matter what. So that takes away a lot of uh, debate or choice or worry if I'm doing right. Some days we do better than others, I know that. <clears throat> We're human. We are who we are. And that's our lot. But it can be changed like night and day, we can become reborn because of this new way of life. Talks about it on 62 and 3. It's uh, arts to freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from self-will run riot because it wasn't working. It says, uh, how and the why of it is, there is a God, but it's not us. We had to quit playing God, it didn't work. I don't know if I was playing God, but I sure wanted my way. Constantly. More for me. And yours too. And then being convinced of that, seeing that he is the director, we are his agents. He is the father, we are his children. Uh, this choice to do and learn more about his will is going to change my thoughts and ideas. 
they, and how it works is uh, we had to let go of our old thoughts and ideas. It says that in there. And I thought, how in the hell am I going to do that? Nobody here can tell me what they're going to be thinking in five minutes. How am I, I don't know when a thought's coming or what it's going to be or where it's coming from. I don't have that power. <coughs> but following this path, working these steps with a sponsor and going to finding a home group and meetings and a home group and getting to see the program working and others and see them come out by that miry pit of ignorance or lack of knowledge. It's like a miracle. I was at a birthday meeting last Sunday and uh, there was a few people that were getting chips and most of them were saying the same words. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe how my thinking has changed, how I see things differently. <clears throat> I don't know how that happened. It happens by the grace of God and by them sticking with this program. One day at a time. So, uh, Scott, do you want to read how it works? Okay. Page 58. And you can finish. You can do the steps, okay? Okay. Five eight. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> okay, how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any link to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Okay. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 
Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitting it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Okay, thank you. Are we hearing what this is saying? This is, this is how it works. How what works. How the way out of where we're at. We definitely don't like where we're at. Go ahead, Many of us exclaim, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along (coughs) spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we are alcoholic and cannot manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Amen. That's a fact. Being convinced we were at step three, which... No. Oh. We're done. Okay. Okay, now we're on. Uh, there's a solution. Who would like to start reading? There's a solution. Page 17. Nice and loud so we can all stay awake. Hi, Chrissy. Us. But 
Okay, comment. What did that say to you, Chrissy? Comments anybody on what that said? That's telling me about my disease for sure and my common peril with other people in like situations. Uh, unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy and escape from disaster that does not subside as we go out on an individual way. So we we're on a life raft after the boat sunk. We made it back to the shore. And as we go our separate ways, the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. So we're all, we can relate to each other. We've been, we're alcoholics. We've been through this kind of peril in our lives. Now we feel a bond. Right in this room, we're all alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever obsession we have, lack of knowledge. So we're all in the same boat. Both of this room is packed. Where's the pe rest of the people that aren't here? They don't know. So they're stuck where they're at. Here we're going to hear something positive or maybe keep us coming. And that's our choice. Nobody can make us do this. We don't have to be given orders. There's no rules or laws. <clears throat> it's a choice. Why would I choose to hang on to A&A or NA meetings? Because my life sucks. And I always have. For years. I can't believe I was so retarded. And doing dumb shit over and over. And kept doing it. So I didn't know how not to. I have to learn the way out. This is the way out right in here. This book has all the answers. Can help us with any problem. But it's up to me. 
I can bitch and moan and snivel. Go ahead. A lot of people do that. A lot of people can't. They're stuck on stupid. They're stuck on negativity. They're stuck on gloom and glum. Self-pity, depression, fear, resentment, anger, blame. Trying to blame a justification. I'm going to find art out of that crap. It's up to me. Man, what an order. I can't go through with it. Says that now it works. That's where we get. Because they don't know what this way of life has to offer. I mean, it's a freedom, man. We're reborn. <coughs> Lawrence, you want to read? No, I don't know. What happened to yours? Somebody, somebody stole it? Who would like to read? Any of you in the back with the book? Well, we've got more books. How was that guy right there with the book open? Okay, can you point somebody else out? With a book? Okay, go right ahead. You don't have a book. <laughs> okay, go right ahead. What page? 18, second paragraph. We hope this volume will inform and com com comfort those who are or who will be affected. There are many <coughs> highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us and found it is sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Okay, comment on that. Anybody have comments on those paragraphs? Anybody hear what was read? <laughs> not really. I know, we're not listening. I'm not listening, I'm just getting here. In to his buddies and friends because they, he thinks they understand him. You know, they, they've been drinking and, and they, can, they can talk to him and, and um, he'll listen to them or she'll listen to them. That's a fact. Okay, when I was yakking earlier, I think most of you guys could relate to what I was saying. You could kind of see some similarities. Uh, so it says, ex-problem drinkers who have found the solution. That's me. I found the solution. I don't know. He's practicing 100%. Who is properly armed with facts about himself can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. I did that in the first half hour. I got your confidence. You know I'm one of you, right? Everybody know that? Trust me. Until such an understanding is reached, 
little or nothing can be accomplished. So, people come in, like us, and I did it for a long time, in and out, sitting around in meetings, I'd hear some stuff, made kind of some sense, better than what I had. I didn't know how they did it, or what they were taking on this eye, but if I saw it, I'd steal it. (laughs) Do what I want, what I have, do what I do. I had no clue what they had or what they were doing. I really, but if I see it, I'll steal it. I know I would. Can't do that. Go ahead, ma'am. Bottom of 18. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole department shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of the holier than thou, nothing whatsoever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions that we found most effective. After such an approach, may uh, many take up their beds and walk again. Wonder why. Wonder why they do that. Because they see there's hope. This guy did it. I heard him talking about it. He knows what he's talking about. He's got a solution. Look at him. So maybe I'm going to try doing what he's doing, whatever it is. That's why we get a sponsor in the home group and go to meetings and read. Not that tough. Who wants to read now? You want to read, ma'am? I'll read. Okay. Not one of us. Who are you? Oh, Corinne. (laughs) Sorry. Corinne. Uh, Recovering drug addict. Hi, Corinne. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend too much time or spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. What does that mean? It means that people, people, places, and things, they put their effort into their jobs. They put their effort into the things they're wearing. They put their effort into appearances instead of putting everything at all and giving it to God to, to surrender. Um, and, and, and through surrender, passing it to fellowship <coughs> to others. Okay. If we can keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that clothes by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given to us? We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with the drinking problem. Of necessity, there will have to be 
a discussion of matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. Nothing would please, please us so much as to write a book which would contain no basis for contention or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions or attitudes which make us useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our contrast thought of others and how we may help and meet their needs. Right. As in service to others before. Yeah. You may already have asked yourself why it is that all of us become so ill from drinking. Doubtless you are curious to discover how and why. In the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body and spirit. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to this should be good. <laughs> what do I got to do? Right. It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. Before going into detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Or why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer or wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. Oh, she's such a sweet girl. <coughs> I think, you know, he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him, and there he is lit up again. Now, these are complacent observations on drinkers, which we all hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that, yeah, we see these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Then we have a certain type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. <coughs> if a significantly strong relationship, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. But what about the real alcohol? He may start off as a moderate drinker, may or may not become a continuous hard drinker, but at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. Comment. Why do we lose control once we have a drink? Because that takes over willpower. That has now become your willpower. It's our allergy. We're allergic to it. And once we, if I took this much of a hit, no telling what's going to happen, but I bet it won't be good. Just a little sip. I can't take in any mind-altering chemical. Or my craving's going to kick in. And I'm not going to stop till I'm locked up or six feet under. Always. It gets worse than ever better, says in this book. 
This book was written by alcoholics, for alcoholics. The first hundred men and women of Alcoholics Anonymous wrote this book. They have the disease. They know what they're talking about. And, and it's for the first edition says, we're 100 men and women who have recovered. I like that. From a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I didn't know I had that. And to show others precisely or exactly how they did it is the main purpose of this book right here. So if I want to recover, maybe I should read this book. Millions have. It's worldwide, this, these 12-step programs. All over the world, start with two guys. Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob Smith. A couple of drunks, for sure. In 1935, June 10th. Now, it's worldwide. And there's a lot of other 12-step programs. I read out of the big book because it's the first book that had the 12 steps and 12 traditions in it. <clears throat> and the spiritual principles that are in this and the other 12-step programs are the same. They read, basically they have their own literature, but it's similar to the same steps and traditions, same spiritual principles. That's the way out. I have to grow along spiritual lines. I have to come to believe in the power greater than myself. I can't, I can't run my life. I've tried. <coughs> By hook and crook. And it just kept getting worse. Finally, I was able to admit defeat. Who amongst us wants to do that? Nobody. I don't want to be uh, scolded or told what to do. I don't know. And he doesn't do that. It's up to you. Here. Want it? There it is. Free. I like that four-letter word. Free. It's my favorite four-letter word starting with that. There's a lot of good ones. So, <clears throat> it's up to me. Am I done? If I had enough fun, man, that shit was not fun. It was misery, loneliness, emptiness. Loneliness for you, dude. That's the way we get. It's like, what good is it? I'm just sucking up air like a leper. <laughs> what the hell? What good are you? None. Who wants to read now? You want to read, sir? You do? You don't have a book. No, I'm going to need to borrow a computer. <laughs> Is he on the wrong page? Um, <laughs> 21. 21. What's the. <laughs> what about the alcoholic? But what about the real alcoholic? So, second paragraph, 21. Second paragraph. <coughs> By the way, my name is Marco. Um, I do identify as an alcoholic. Hi, Marco. Hi, Marco. Hello, Marco. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker, he may or may not become a continuous hard drinker, but at some stage of his uh, drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. Why? 
Theology of the body, mental obsession. Hold on. Here's the fellow who has been puzzling you, especially in their lack of control. They do absurd, incredible, tragic things while drinking. <laughs> They're a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's seldom mildly intoxicated. He is always more or less insanely drunk. Yeah. His disposition while drinking resembles normal nature, but little. He may be one of the finest fellows in the world, yet let him drink for a day, and he frequently becomes disgustingly and even dangerously antisocial. He has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the wrong moment. You're kidding. Particularly when some important decision must be uh, made or engagement kept. He is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor, but in that respect, he is incredibly dishonest and selfish. He often possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes, and has a promising career ahead of him. He uses his gifts to build up a bright outlook for his family and himself, and then pulls the structure down on its head by a senseless series of sprees. He is the fellow who goes to bed so intoxicated he ought to sleep the clock around. <coughs> Yet, early next morning, he searches madly for the bottle he misplaced the night before. If he can afford it, he may have liquor concealed all over his house to be certain that no one gets his entire supply away from him to throw down the waste pipe. As matters grow worse, he begins to use a combination of high-powered sedative and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. That's good. Then comes the day when he simply cannot make it and gets drunk all over again. Perhaps he goes to a doctor who gives him morphine or some sedative with which to taper it off. Then he begins to appear at hospitals and sanitarium. I can continue. Go ahead. This is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic, as our patterns, as our behavior patterns vary. But this description should identify roughly. Okay. Now we agree or see similarities in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's Dr. Jekyll. He's not a bad guy. He's a scientist in the lab making formulas and test tubes and stuff. Then he sees his jug of tequila and he goes, hmm, wonder what will happen if I pour some of that in this test tube. So he does it. He's wondering what happen if I drink it. So he drinks it. There's a little puff of smoke. Now comes Mr. Hyde, the guy we're talking about, doing some stupid stuff because of the alcohol and some consumption. Now he's doing dumb shit. That's the way we are. We're not bad people trying to get good. We're sick people trying to get well. And alcohol is poison. It's killing us and making us do dumb shit every time. It's worse never bet. Never. Zero. I could sell this guy here a $100 lottery ticket. And it'll say, this ticket will never win. But it's a $100 ticket. He may buy it for five bucks. Just in case. He probably would. <laughs> It'll never win. So to drink is to never win. Never. 
gets worse, never, never better. And I've tried, I proved it for years. I'd slack off and go back off. Get worse. Finally come back with my tail between my legs. <clears throat> the people in my home group were still glad to see me and welcome me back and give me hugs. We love you till you love yourself or whatever. <laughs> and uh, say I was the most important person. Hey, they finally get it right. So I have to realize I have a freaking disease that is out to kill me. Not, not literally, slowly, gradually, just piece by piece. Wants to take away any of my joy or happiness or serenity or peace of mind or gratitude or love or wanting to help others. Hell no. <clears throat> it's a thief. So if I keep doing it, that's my fault. Especially when I'm offered this way of life. It's like night and day. But the hard part is the doing it. I can do it for a while, and I did many times. Then I'd slack off, and boom, back out there. Come back with my tail between my legs. <clears throat> Get to a point in the jumping off place. Can't see life with alcohol or without it. If I don't get a drink, I'm going to die. If I keep drinking, it's going to kill me. That's it. That's that incomprehensible demoralization. I'm like, holy shit. <clears throat> Suicide sounds like a good idea. I need to get out of there. <clears throat> a lot of people do. So we're here on purpose, of our own accord, because we care about our life. And we want to do and live a better life. This is the trenches right here. This is the tough spot to start. <clears throat> but it takes what it takes. It, or we just keep going to these places. That's like at VOA detox. When uh, Shelter Inc. underbid VOA and they took over that detox facility, now it's a homeless shelter. I was working there every for about 20 years. I got to know all the staff, all the clients. I was running that joint over there. Even the staff was asking me questions. <clears throat> so Shelter Inc. took over and I tried to hang on. And I talked to the manager and I got the suit guy. And I said, well, okay, you guys are Shelter Inc. I understand you have the places in the Bay Area. And they're out to help homeless people. I said, what about if we bring AA or 12-step program in here and give them another choice? Something else to do except go to a homeless shelter and get three hots and a cot. <clears throat> Some other little choice of what to do instead of hanging out in this homeless shelter, Inc. That's like a brand. I need something different, hopefully. And they agreed, but they never, we never did get there. So, and I know it takes time to change, and they're, they're doing it a little bit, but the bottom line is, uh, when I do what I think God would have me do, some days are better than others. That's the happiest I am. That's the greatest gift I've been given, the sobriety and 
spiritual way of living. And I choose to grow along the spiritual line. Man, you know, uh, I just had a lack of knowledge. I was like, uh, it's like ignorance. But it wasn't my fault. It's not my fault I'm addict, alcoholic, and a few other A's. But I don't practice those today near as much. <clears throat> In Norsat group, there's a plaque or a frame on the wall that says, I'm not the man I ought to be. I'm not the man I want to be. But by the grace of God, I'm not the man I used to be. By the grace of God, I'm not. Thank you. That's a gift. I'm not that guy I used to be. Just from way back when I was starting. I was trying to learn, get learned up and schooled up. <clears throat> and I have been. By the grace of God. That's not, no, uh, not that I'm holier now or better than. No. God loves all his creations. <laughs> He's the best servant there is. And uh, my difficulties, there is opportunity. When I ask God for help, He's there, and I know it. My prayers are always answered in His time. That acceptance is the key. I want things to happen. If I do what I can, I do my part. But I don't try to expect, put high expectations on when that happens. That's like giving God a Santa Claus list. I ain't going to get that Santa Claus list. I just ask him to bless me and other people. He knows what people need and when. And I have faith in that. And I've had many things that I thought were the worst thing that could happen to me wind up being the best. That's the paradox. <clears throat> and it just keeps on coming. But i got to start. This is the fullest I've seen in this room for a while. I'm glad you guys... Huh? Yeah, why do you think that is? You got good cookies. Oh, good cookies. I don't care. That's a bribery. I don't mind bribing. So we'll stop with the Our Father and clap and pray and kick rocks. I've been at him. We're out. Make a circle. Hold hands. No swapping the spit. might be a record. <laughs> Thanks everybody for being here. Hopefully we're all back next week. Anybody got a friend here? No? Try to find one. I'm, I'm from LA. This guy came from LA, man. Awesome. Thank you. I approve this message. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. He's coming back. It works. Okay, return all your thoughts. of action. Reading from Emotional Sobriety, The Next Frontier. In page 85 of Alcoholics Anonymous says, it is easy to lit up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Saying the AA program is a, of action is perhaps another way of saying it is a program of solutions. Of course, we have problems, all human beings do, but we've been given a practical toolkit to help us stay sober in the face of all sorts of challenges. We take action by, doing, by going to meetings and giving service, by putting the steps to work in our lives, by reaching out to our fellow AA members by healing relationships with family and friends and by connecting with a higher power of our understanding. In these ways, we begin to look for solutions rather than focus on problems and find we can live peacefully, happily, and to do to a good purpose in the world. This story, a benchmark of in sobriety found in the grapevine September 1991 sent to us by Jack A. from Montclair, New Jersey talks about how he made amends to society. Excuse me. When I arrived at the 8th and ninth step I found I had an unusual amends to make. I needed to make amends to the entire town I grew up in for various acts of juvenile delinquency. There was no way of finding individual firemen, policemen, or citizens. I may have involved or harmed 20 years before, but I still wanted to make amends in some way. I first tried writing a letter to the local newspaper outlining my transgressions of the past and declaring that I wanted to apologize to the town. The editor refused to publish my letter saying that such a letter might actually encourage other young people to misbehave. So I turned the whole thing over to my higher power and went on a business, went on about the business of living in sobriety. One day, after about a year in the program, I sat down on a park bench to rest. It occurred to me that someone ought to paint the bench, spruce it up. I thought about doing it myself, but I realized I would need a whole bag full of tools besides the paint to do a good job. It was too much for me to deal with, so I turned it over to my higher power. Another year passes, had gone by, and when I sat on another bench in another park and I thought somebody ought to paint this bench, 
I realized that over the preceding year, I had acquired most of the tools I would need. All I needed to was to buy it with some paint and some brushes. I bought the needed, needed supplies, assembled my tools, put them all in a large shopping bag, and began to paint park benches. It took it. I took it one day at a time, painting one bench at a time. Over a period of three years, I painted about 30 benches in three parts. Some of the benches were getting tough use, and those I painted twice. I used to rasp to smooth out coarse edges and sandpaper to roughen the surface of the smooth, weather-worn boards so they would take the paint. I did a priming coat and another day a finished coat. I took about four hours' work altogether to do one bench. I want to say that I enjoy the work. I wa it wasn't a drudgery for me. I was outdoors in the parks, out in the sun, in the wind, listening to the birds, watching the squirrels, and sometimes interacting with people in the park. I never told anyone outside of AA that I was going doing this to make amends. I just said that if it needed doing and I enjoyed it. Some people ask if this was required court order community service and I said no. I'm just a volunteer. Then I came then came a day after about three years when it occurred to me that I was done. I had made my amends to the town. I didn't have to do it anymore. Then came a day after about three years when it occurred to me that I was done. I had made my amends to the town. I didn't have to go on painting benches anymore. Several years have passed. I still use those parks as a place to sit and rest. Occasionally, I see a bench that needs painting, and I remember the work I did, but I don't do it anymore. Now the town does it. If you can't figure how to make amends, you turn it over to your higher power. In time, there will be an answer. There will be an answer. There we will be away. Jack A. from Montclair, New Jersey. Thank you, Jack. A program of action. Reading from Emotional Sobriety, The Next Frontier. In page 85 of Alcoholics Anonymous says, It is easy to lit up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Saying the AA program is a, of action is perhaps another way of saying it is a program of solutions. Of course, we have problems, all human beings do, but we've been given a practical toolkit to help us stay sober in the face of all sorts of challenges. We take action by doing, by going to meetings and giving service, by putting the steps to work in our lives, by reaching out to our fellow AA members, 
by healing relationships with family and friends, and by connecting with a higher power of our understanding. In these ways, we begin to look for solutions rather than focus on problems and find we can live peacefully, happily, and to, do, to a good purpose in the world. This story, a benchmark in sobriety, found in the grapevine September 1991, sent to us by Jack A. from Montclair, New Jersey, talks about how he made amends to society. Excuse me. When I arrived at the eighth and ninth steps, I found I had an unusual amends to make. I needed to make amends to the entire town I grew up in for various acts of juvenile delinquency. There was no way of finding individual firemen, policemen, or citizens I may have involved or harmed 20 years before, but I still wanted to make amends in some way. I first tried writing a letter to the local newspaper outlining my transgressions of the past and declaring that I wanted to apologize to the town. The editor refused to publish my letter, saying that such a letter might actually encourage other young people to misbehave. So I turned the whole thing over to my higher power and went on a business went on about the business of living in sobriety. One day, after about a year in the program, I sat down on a park bench to rest. It occurred to me that someone ought to paint the bench, spruce it up. I thought about doing it myself, but I realized I would need a whole bag full of tools besides the paint to do a good job. It was too much for me to deal with, so I turned it over to my higher power. Another year passes, had gone by, and when I sat on another bench in another park and I thought somebody ought to paint this bench, I realized that over the preceding year I had acquired most of the tools I would need. All I needed to was to buy some paint and some brushes. I bought the needed, needed supplies, assembled my tools, put them all in a large shopping bag, and began to paint park benches it took it i took it one day at a time painting one bench at a time over a period of three years i painted about 30 benches in three parks some of the benches were getting tough use and those i painted twice i used to rest to smooth out coarse edges and sandpaper to roughen the surface of the smooth weather-worn boards so they would take the paint I did a priming coat and another day a finished coat. I took about four hours work altogether to do one bench. I want to say that I enjoy the work. I wa it wasn't a drudgery for me. I was outdoors in the parks, out in the sun, in the wind, listening to the birds, watching the squirrels, and sometimes interacting with people in the park. I never told anyone outside of AA that I was going doing this to make amends. I just said that if it needed doing and I enjoyed it. Some people ask if this was required court order community service and I said no, I'm just a volunteer. Then I came 
then came a day after about three years when it occurred to me that I was done. I had made my amends to the town. I didn't have to do it anymore. Then came a day after about three years when it occurred to me that I was done. I had made my amends to the town. I didn't have to go on painting benches anymore. Several years have passed. I still use those parks as a place to sit and rest. Occasionally, I see a bench that needs painting, and I remember the work I did, but I don't do it anymore. Now the town does it. If you can't figure how to make amends, you turn it over to your higher power. In time, there will be an answer. There will be an answer. There we will be away. Jack A. from Montclair, New Jersey. Thank you, Jack. Greetings. I'm reading an article by Norman Vincent Peale. It's called How to Pray. The average person thinks that prayer means kneeling down and saying a few perfunctory words. But prayer is more than that. It is one of the greatest skills in the world. One of the greatest skills in the world. Prayer is a mechanism over which spiritual power flows from God into the daily lives of human beings. Astonishingly, prayer illuminates problems, overcomes obstacles, and restores health. As with any skill, however, one must learn the formula step by step in order to open the circuit and receive this power, these guidelines can help. Talk to the Lord in simple, everyday language. Number one, do not use exaggerated formal speech. In public prayer, it is perhaps proper to address God more formally, but in personal private prayer, you might, for example, say, you to God rather than thou. This does not diminish respect for him, but serves to make the relationship more natural. Talk to God about everything that is on your mind and in your heart. Tell God what you want. Number two, tell him you would like to have it if he thinks it's good for you, but also say that you will allow him to decide and mean it. Tell God you will accept this his decision as what is best for you and any others involved. Practice during the day. Number three, talk to God not only at night before you go to bed, but also all day long as you drive your car. Wait for a bus. You said if you had a friend with you, you would talk to him or her, wouldn't you? Let imagine the Lord is there, for he is, you know. Realize that words are not always necessary when you pray. Number four, think how good God is, how kindly and that he is by your side, guiding you and watching over you. And that is a joyful prayer. Try helping others by your prayers. Number five, pray for the trouble or the ill. Pray not only for your loved ones, but also for people you do not like. And for those who have no, not treated you well, it will be more for you to pray for those you resent than for those you love.
it will do you more good. If you doubt this, try it for six months and see what happens. Prayer is an emanation of power. Select some person who may be a problem to you and shoot prayers at, at, at them. Surround them with good will and faith. I have seen the most outstanding, almost unbelievable results come to the person who practiced such prayers. In other words, the people that don't like you or you don't like, there is an astounding amount of success and victory in this kind of procedure. Do not put all your prayers in the form of asking God for something. Number six, let your prayers consist of all the wonderful things that had happened to you. Name them. Thank God for them and make that your whole prayer. You will soon find that these prayers of thanksgiving grow longer and longer and you will have more and more things for which to thank God. <laughs>